In the beginning, there was nothing. Then there were comic books. Once you enter our world, there is no escape. Comic exposure begins in 3, 2, 1. Welcome to the Comic Exposure Podcast. My name is Josh Buckley, and my Tony Clifton impersonator is the one, the only. Ah, go fuck yeah. yourselves, Travis Ratsy. <laughs> Oh, man. Off, I didn't want to go there. I didn't want no. to go there, Josh. Wow. You teed me up with a with a uh, with a vulgar wow. impression. You literally you started Ooh, off the podcast. God, I apologize, man. people. That's not normally Oof. how I am. I like no. to bring joy and positivity. It's like I was possessed by the ghost of Tony Clifton. It's like the toilet paper runs out in Japan, and you just get in a real shitty mood. mouth. A shitty yeah. mouth is what I got. A real oh, shitty man. mouth in this kid. Yeah. Oof. Yeah, so again, I you know what? If we were if we were any kind of professionals, we would do that again. But we are not. <laughs> no, I'm not gonna. You, you get one take, Travis. That's you it. One take. That's it. Sorry. On this fine episode, you could have gone like put... my man on the moon is. I oh, you know what? Yeah. If I could put a rat on the moon, a rat on the moon. Oh man, <laughs> bending spoons, something. Andy Kaufman. All can right, I, we cannot, can we do it? Josh. We cannot can we do, do it another, again. We cannot do another singing episode. If you cannot. put a rat no, on the moon, can't. <laughs> we had a whole episode. Okay, okay. And I <laughs> promise this time I will remember the names of things. If I don't, I won't reference them. People are suggesting that the SARS outbreak is the SARS. The coronavirus is due to that singing episode that we did a couple weeks ago. They said that, well, that was the catalyst for. Uh, it could this, be. It could be. Pandemic. Uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, whoa, hey, enough. Not nah, don't don't say pandemic yet. The CDC has yet to, or the World Health Organization has yet to call it a pandemic. I call it a Japandemic. Oh, you, you see what oh, I did there? It looks hard, but it's not. Oh man, that's tough. All right, so <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Oh, oh, we've lost him, ladies and gentlemen. I'll be hosting the podcast. <laughs> and I'm myself. Back. Oh, wow. he's got better. Uh, on the podcast, Travis hey, Rats and I dive. Can I can I start I the show? No. Can I finish? Can I, can I, finish? Can I finish? Can I start the show? Yes. Travis Rats and I dive deep into comic <laughs> books, and you are on an episode where Travis and I are going to dive into two biography comic books. Right? We did two. Sometimes we do a double feature. This is a double feature. Travis and I are talking about two books. One we're going to talk about is this guy for real, the unbelievable Andy Kaufman by Box Brown, and the other one is Houdini, the Handcuff King by Jason Lutz. And Nick Bertozzi. Now, both of Bertuzzi, these. Bertozzi. What is it? Bertozzi, Brozzi. Bertozzi, Brozzi. So uh, we've got Is This Guy For Real by Box Brown and Houdini the Handcuff King by Jason Lutz and Nick Bertozzi. And we're going to kind of dive into this idea of uh, of biography comics. You know, we we haven't really – we did – I'm trying to think on, of books on figures. We did. So look, we did Andre is, the Giant is really the we did only, is that Andre the, only the Giant. One we did? Yeah, you know, Persepolis also by Box is Brown. Persepolis is like an autobiography. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And but this is these are these are two ma- like cultural figures. Um, right. And uh, so let's just jump right into it. Let's just talk about yeah. like the 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 commonality between them. one of the things that I we were we were debating whether we really wanted to pair these up or not. Um, and we were talking before the podcast. I think there is enough similar in genre and some similarities yeah. between the two figures that each of these books addresses. Um, one um, focuses very heavily on the wrestling career of Andy Kaufman. Uh, and <laughs> Box, Box Brown loves wrestling. What do you Yeah, do? exactly. <laughs> I know. I love how his name is Box Brown. By, by far, you know what? Take a take a best, uh, best a, comic a book tip. name. Uh, take a tip from. Uh, uh, him, other comic book writers, keep your name simple. Keep your name simple. Box Brown. Right, just change your name. Change your name. And because uh, of that, we're gonna say it like a thousand times this episode. You'll yeah, notice that you'll notice that when we can't pronounce the names, the author and artist names are only mentioned once or twice. Do you know how hard it is sometimes to find the correct pronunciation of oh. those things? Like I'm, I'm looking on like, oh, there's got to be an interview with this guy. There you is, and then they just, you they just call him his first name. They call yep. him his first name like the entire time. I'm like, come on. But anyways, show some goddamn respect, interviewers. Right, right. 
If I had them both on my show, I would go Mr. Bertozzi. Is it Bertozzi? Bertozzi? Yeah. Ber- off, I, off, that- off air, too. Off air. Oh, off air. Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. Come on. We're professionals yeah. here. So, you know, Travis, uh, we had, you had told me, uh, you, you, I think it was on our Christmas episode. Correct. Yeah. You, you wanted Houdini st- shoved deep within your stocking. Yeah. And uh, I, we, wanted we to, both- I wanted to disappear all the way up my anus. Yeah. And then escape unscathed. <laughs> Not a scratch on it, and so that's a that's a, that's a single wiper. If you have toilet yeah. paper, yeah, no toilet paper in Japan. Sorry, bud. So, uh, you we said let's read that one. So we picked that one up, and I had read uh, the unbelievable Andy Kaufman when it came out because I love Box Brown. Mm. We did Andre. Well, we did yeah, Andre the Giant. I really dug that one. He does. He has one on Tetris that's really good. I did and read then, the Tetris one. I want to. Read I did that read one the te- the Tetris one is good. Uh, these are both like well researched books, and so like the I think, and they're both super cartoony, right? Yes. So uh, the the artwork is very cartoony. Uh, the great cartooning in both of them. Both of them are very well researched, and both of them don't really go into. I would say like Kaufman's gives you a little more of a long-term story, but it really does. You're really, it is right. It focuses a whole lot on this wrestling portion of his career, right? Mm -hmm. It's a lot about that, a little bit sprinkled in before it. Uh, And then the Houdini one is literally one trick. And it does a really good job of exploring what it was like. And I think the thing that they both have in common that I, that I found interesting was you get to see them both in the showmanship. What's it like behind the scenes, how do they get into this? Like, what's it like for them before they go out? And we get to see both of them do it. We get to see both, not do it, but we get to yeah. see both of them like perform in that kind of the and, way that they did. And they, they're they both really in a really artsy sense. They're both illusionists. They, they. Oh, look at, look at you. <laughs> uh, Such deep, thank you. <laughs> Such deep thought. Uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're both uh, illusionists uh, and they have, and there's there's also I really like the codes that both these worlds follow the wrestling codes yeah. of of what what is presented K-fabe. to the audience yeah. and stuff like that and then also the code of the magician. Um, so You're, yeah, that is that is both an interesting piece of of both of these is that sort of like Andy Kaufman essentially lived like a wrestler, right? This idea of kayfabe, like the idea of old wrestlers, no one would know your stage persona was your persona all the time. Right. Explain to uh, the audience what kayfabe is really quickly. So kayfabe is this idea in in uh, in um, wrestling where the character, you live that character all the time. That's not really who you are, but whenever you might be seen by somebody, you're in character. That way everybody buys what you're doing on stage, right? So if you're right. the heel, if you're the bad guy, you can't go out and like shake hands with kids and like, be the good guy you have to always be like a shitty bad guy so that people buy when you're on stage they know it's not an act right the goal is to like make everybody think you're that evil or that good all the time and and andy kaufman plays with that all the time when he like literally is that person even when he doesn't have to be right and not just in his wrestling persona but when he's elvis or when he's the uh what they call him the foreign guy uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's yeah. So I think let's talk about uh, box browns. Um, yeah, uh, what's the title of it? I forgot. I always call it the Andy is Kaufman this, book. Is this guy for real? That's a really good title for this book too. Um, yeah, I I got to get it, it in print too. I read a digital and I, I like box oh, brown man. in print. I like box brown in print. It smells good because it's like on it's on like uh re- like newsprinty recycled paper, mm-hmm. right? So it's it's it smells like an old comic book. Like I just opened up an old Conan, yeah. and I'm like, buy crumb. Well, I oh, will say no, this: good. the the one benefit of reading a box brown book online is if you do the panel by panels, uh, because he's a cartoonist, there yeah. are like little jokes put in like the background of panels that maybe if you're flipping through, it forces you to pay attention if you do the panel by panel view uh, on uh. digital. But that's just uh, I'd rather have it in, in paper. Um, so, uh, 
Box Brown has a formula. Uh, I've only read two of his books, the Andre one and this one, the Andy Kaufman one. Is this guy yeah. for real? And it's become very apparent that he does, like, he's got, like, it's, I don't want to say it's paint by numbers because there's a tremendous amount of research in this book. But oh, once for sure. He has, once he has the research, um, it is, he seems to, I, I don't know how long he, he it takes him to draw because he's also drawing these, but it seems to be that the research is 90, I don't know, I, I'm just guessing things. It, it, it seems, it's a large part of really what makes this right. book work is the research. Uh, and he has a way, honestly, he, Andy Kaufman, the main character of Andy Kaufman, comes across very similar to Andre the Giant as far as how he's like portrayed. Mystery, mysterious and like, like no one really knows him, right? They do have that kind of thing in common, right? Yeah, um, and I don't know how much of that is the actual celebrities' personalities or how Box Brown writes the sub, uh, draws and writes the subject right. of his pieces. I think they're also there's this thing where he does like story by vignette, right? So it's not you know we're not getting this long drawn out autobiography we're getting like pieces of the story like you got pieces of the story with andre the giant you're getting pieces of the story with andy kaufman i mean there's a through line of you know the wrestling is a big a big piece of it but you'll see like here he is here's this little bit about elvis here he is when he's doing his stand-up here he is when he was doing this children's tv show right like you get all these little vignettes about his life Mm -hmm. um and I find that interesting because it doesn't get old. Yes. Right? You're yeah. not sitting and just like going over every piece of it. You're getting fun little like, and here's this blurb to really show. The anecdotes. Yeah. They're the, like yeah. anecdotes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and some of them, when you look, he always puts his references in the back. Um, yeah. And so some of them are like from interviews with people who worked with Andy. Uh, the wrestling, Andre was great because, you know, wrestlers have so many of these like legendary stories and they'll tell oh, yeah, you about the time. All, and that's, and that's the kayfabe, right? They're there. That's like their stories might not even be true in wrestling right. sometimes. Right. Exactly. And so I think maybe one of the reasons why that, uh, box Brown minds, uh, the, the profession of wrestling so much because the first person accounts are already mythical in their sense, but they're first person. Right. So you have to, there is legitimacy, legitimacy to them. Cause we're talking about a first person account of someone who knew this person, but because of the KFAB thing that you're talking about in the wrestling world, it just, right. it just makes for such these great, as you said, vignettes, it almost reads, you could pull these vignettes out. And even with the art style, it reads very Sunday, newspaper comic strips oh for sure for well that's his art style too right like yeah it really lends to that super cartoony um serialized sort of feeling to the life story of andy kaufman um look it's it's a super i thought it was a really fun book right like there's it's it was enjoyable i look i don't know i've seen the movie with jim carrey right uh i but you know i wasn't old enough for taxi i wasn't old enough to really see him on snl except for like when you would see the greatest hits of snl and they do like him doing mighty Mighty mouse right um but so i didn't i think the same thing is true like when we you know we read that andre the giant book like i know the blurb right you know the the bits and pieces of it but it was really cool to kind of see it all put together and and see box brown's like little stamp that he puts on it of how he tells these stories box brown is is really good i think he's i i i think there are he's not the only person doing things like this as we'll see about and when we read when we look at houdini but he does it really well his formula is really strong his research is really good uh yeah and he picks interesting subjects uh, that have slight connections so he's kind of working in that i'm really interested to read that tetris one but I, i i think on here, even though there are vignettes, I think that this shows Andy Kaufman better than Man on the Moon. I like the Andy Kaufman in this. I like, I feel, if I remember correctly, Man on the Moon focuses a heck of a lot on once he's diagnosed and how he deals with being diagnosed. And like yeah. Jim Carrey as Andy Kaufman going to the Philippines and getting had by these people. And it's all about him kind of, you know, dealing with this sickness. Uh, but I like the formulation the formulation of the character. 
Like, yeah, that's like, fun to see him put it together, right? Yeah, even there's, you know, so there's some, let's go through the major ingredients. Elvis. Elvis right. is a major ingredient in his life. And he learns, right. and the way Box Brown does it, it's that he even talked about that when most Elvis impersonators, when we think of an Elvis impersonator, they're really doing Andy Kaufman doing Elvis. It's like, <laughs> I can't do an impersonation. I can't do Ross Perot. But I can do I can do uh, uh, Dana Carvey. Yeah, you can Dana Carvey. Can, 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 can I finish? Can I finish? Can I finish? Same thing with George W. Bush. You can't or George H. W. Bush, right? Yeah. Like, the, you don't do George H. W. Bush. You do. Yeah. You know you you or you do Dana Carvey's George Bush, yeah. right? Oh yeah, like, George. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's you can't. And same thing with like Phil Hartman's Bill Clinton. No one does Bill Clinton. Everybody just does. Hi, hi there, little girl. Hey, yeah. How's hey, it going? Hey there. Hey, they've got a cheeseburger, right? Like that's 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 what they do. And I I really thought that was interesting. I, I think the piecing all of these things together, Elvis, uh, the sort of wrestling love that he had, and you know, there's another um, there's a third. What's the third Mighty Mouse? I'm missing Mighty. Um, well, he talks a little another bit about major influence in his oh bongos. Yeah, <laughs> how he goes to he goes to a school function and there's a guy playing bongos and he was very persistent about like hey teach me how to do this teach me how to do yeah. this um, i just love that like him and his brother are like like they're it's they're it's just this fun thing of them like well here we are wrestling here's me you know like this was a part of my youth right watching wrestling you know being like elvis um just there's all these little pieces. And then the whole thing where like Tony Clifton, where he sees this terrible lounge singer and he's like, Oh, well I can do that. Right. Like, and he lives like this double life. He's obsessed with the enjoyment people get out of hating the bad guy. And he realized that that, that line between love and hate is so thin that the more they hate you, that's just them loving you and he discovered that early on like by the time the rock finds that when he enters the wwf that's a well-established <laughs> thing right. uh or like even kim kardashian i fucking hate kim kardashian but i can't like you know like the idea of right. people like hate watching stuff right. uh and so what's the difference if they're giving you your if they're giving you their attention right and following everything you do and supporting you with their dollars um is isn't that them loving you uh, yeah well that's the that's a big piece of wrestling is this idea that like you know you've got the baby face you know the the good character and you've got the heels the bad character everybody hates but loves the bad guy yeah. right the boos are almost always louder than the cheers at a show right like there's this piece of it where everybody you can in like everybody like likes different characters. Right. But everybody hates the same character. And so you're united in your boo sometimes. And so like you get like, what's the difference between being adored because of your character or everybody just hating it, yeah right and if you're in wrestling long enough you play them both hulk hogan right. jerry the king lawler right. uh right. Who, all right side note favorite uh heel in in wrestling history oh man favorite heel uh that's a good one i i really liked um when guys like uh when rick flair would be shitty right like that was ton of fun uh when he's i was younger he's a good talker yeah yeah when i was younger it would have been guys like you know, like the Iron Sheik was like that. Oh, no, not the Iron Sheik, right? But, like, I tended to like the more flamboyant ones as well, as opposed to the dark ones like The Undertaker or Kane and stuff like that. Yeah. I liked million, Ted, Ted DiBiase, Million Dollar Man oh, was God. a really great one. Ted DiBiase um, was great. Uh, Jake the Snake was, he was a little darker. Uh, yeah. He wasn't the fun one, but... um. He he was good. I love how Ted DiBiase literally had, like, a black man servant. How... <laughs> How did that? How, how, Josh? It was it was the eighties, man. The, it was the nineties. Could... <laughs> that was early nineties. And, and his Virgil name was Virgil, which Virgil. makes it even somehow worse. I don't know. I don't know, I don't know man. And he would uh, just have cufflinks on, like he. Yeah. Like, <laughs> look, if you had guns like that, you just wear cufflinks too, man. That's true. Who says no? Who says no? Oh no! God, oh God! Man. 
All right, guys, I'm going to have to finish the show by myself. All right. I hope you're ready I'm gonna for the write, next hour. Josh, if I die, please uh, do my biography in comic book form. Will do. Will do. <laughs> you got it. Um, so, you know, I thought it was a really fun story. I love Box Brown's art. He, it's unique in, like, his own way that he draws these characters, right? I desperately wanted to get an original piece from uh andre the giant i looked into he buying was, it for you he too. was it was he too was selling him he, but for a little like while he was selling bucks. him yeah for a little while before he like before it took off he was selling them for pretty cheap for a little while and i was like oh man i should have got one but i didn't snag one uh but it's it this is such it was such a fun look at it you know, uh, he does a really good job of, like, like we said, piecing together those little vignettes, seeing the little hints behind what's going on. He he does an interest. Uh, one of his humor gags that he uses throughout his works is the labeling, the arrows and the labeling where yeah. the like, character will address something and they'll be like arrow to it. And they're like, mm, you know. Uh, yeah. Night, night bowl from night court, you know, and he'll do like, yeah. you know, or like they'll they'll do. Uh, he he's he's he uses labeling for for humor. I also like I saw an Andre and you see it here sometimes too, where he'll have a page with no characters and he'll lay out just items and it'll be yeah. like Andy's bongo, fake a mustache, whatever it is. And it's kind of yeah. like the equivalent of the weapons being laid out on the bed before yeah. the yeah before the heist or oh. whatever it is. I love that there are like he literally does an entire page of him playing the bongos and it might be two pages where it's literally just bongo sounds. And he literally, what he's doing is he's making you feel like the audience. Yeah. Right? Because it literally, he goes, he's giving you the, uh, he's doing the set for you, right? Like the character comes out, he plays, he does, he draws out the whole thing and you feel it. The music plays, here I come to save the day. And then he does like all of the bongo stuff and you see it all around you. And somehow in, in drawing it, he puts you through the experience mm -hmm. by the way that he uh, writes, you know, the, the different like sizes of the text of how people are saying um, it's, I don't like, he does a really good job of taking you through that performance like you're seeing it, but it's just him drawing it out, right? Like you can feel what it was like. He he does that. He'll, he'll do slow moments. In fact, he almost put the entire ex, uh, exact. Uh, it's not commentary. What is it called when you when you have the uh, the verbatim of an interview and you take that? Yeah, yeah. The, uh, the transcript. The, the transcript. transcript. The, yeah, the yeah. whole transcript from the David Letterman interview that he did with Jerry Lawler. It's probably yeah. something like four or five pages in the book. But it seems to be like almost the entire interview, like word for word. And you know Box Brown because you've you've read his work before. Like he's not it's the actual words they use. It, it's not right. like he's, you know, paraphrasing the interview. It's directly from it. Um yeah. so he'll use that. He basically he just takes snippets of things from all these different places and really kind of weaves his own story in how he sees Andy Kaufman. And uh, a side note on Andy Kaufman, how ahead of his time was he i mean he was doing stuff yeah that, like he's a very he's a youtuber before there was youtube or he was a, right. a tom green before there was tom green where you're or, like the, the title green, of the book Andy is Kaufman. this guy for real yeah is this guy for real is is this an act or is it it's it takes guts to do that to oh, do sure. something where you're like people are gonna hate me and they most of them are not gonna know it's an act Right, right. I do love the whole thing, like, where, like, he's wearing the neck brace. Is he actually hurt? Is he not hurt, right? Like, I'm going to sue Jerry the King Lawler. Like, this whole thing, it was such a fun bit to watch it play out uh, and and see it. Um, I, it was, it was, he did something, he lived out this story. And I guess you're right. You think about it today, like, an Instagram celebrity, is any of that real, right? You mentioned Kim Kardashian before. Mm -hmm. Is any of what Kim Kardashian does real? Is her is the the show is that show still on? I don't even know if like the Kardashian. No idea. Uh, but is any of that real? But instead of it, or being, is it this brilliant Andy Kaufman esque bit? Right, and but like in a different way because like I don't know. Are we being 
are we being had, right? You wonder, because either way, she's making a bunch of money, right? I get, the problem with that is because you just don't see them being that level of genius to pull that <laughs> off for well, I, so I wonder, long. Like, I wonder at the same time, did people say that fa- same thing about Andy, Andy Kaufman? Kaufman? Yeah. Yeah. Did people say the same thing about Andy Kaufman? All right. So let's switch gears. Let's switch gears. Uh, we were talking about, uh, is this for real, uh, by Box Brown. Uh, let's switch to the Houdini book, right? So another biography book, but done in a different way. Uh, but still kind of similar, this idea of we're, we're pulling back the curtain a little bit and we get to see the behind the scenes, just like we kind of got to see behind the scenes of what Andy Coffin was doing. Uh, Jason Lutz and Nick Bertozzi do something I found really interesting. When we got this book, I was expecting a legit straight autobiography, right? Yep. I didn't really read the background on it. I didn't read yeah. any of the reviews yeah. on Amazon. I was like, okay, I like the art. Travis looked at it. And it makes sense because Houdini, like, oh, of course, why wouldn't we just tell Houdini's whole story? Right. Um, I really like that this is literally one event and you get to see it from start to finish. It's one day in Houdini's life of him doing a one of his tricks, right? One of his escapes. Yeah. And you get to watch it unfold, and, and uh, Lutz and Bertozzi just pull back the curtain it's so you like, can see. It's like bring your how he does it all. Child to work day. You all right? Like, like you like your perceptions of your dad's work might be from like the four field trips you took growing up to go see him work one day. <laughs> you know, right, right. Um, but it was I. I will tell you, like it made me want to read more about it, so it left me wanting a little more. That's exactly how I felt. I felt, but. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no, go ahead. I, I I think that's I like that idea of I I, I got this book because I'm like Houdini is this looming figure in pop culture and in history. You he's brought up all the time. The, how many I've, kids? I've how many did you about him? Yeah, you how know? many kids have done Houdini for like their wax museum? Yes, yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. Did you did you do Houdini? You seem like a kid who had done. No, Houdini. I didn't do Houdini. No, <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to remember if I did Houdini, Houdini? or if my Houdini Houdini. Houdini. I don't know if <laughs> I was your teaching. teacher comes in there and looks at it. Houdini? Houdini. Uh, I don't know if I did Houdini or one of my friends did Houdini, but I distinctly remember someone doing Houdini. I think my I think my friend did Houdini. Someone Dini, uh, and you just can't remember who someone Dini. I don't know who Dini, but someone Dini. Uh, <laughs> but it's you're right. He is this figure that at least. One or two kids knows a whole bunch about because they did a report on him in like elementary school. And for whatever, we're still doing it. Yeah. He was, it's so long ago and he literally was just an escape artist, but we're still, he is this pop culture figure that we're still pulled in. People say like, oh, he did. He pulled a Houdini, man. Yeah. 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 You still use that term so far afterwards when there weren't, you know, like Andy Kaufman, we can just go watch those tapes. We can go watch that stuff. And it's not as readily available for Houdini, but he still hangs on. Yeah. And, right. And one he of the, can't. For, you know what? Houdini can escape everything except for our, our uh, pop culture hearts. The public. Conscious. He just the public. He can't <laughs> escape the public conscious. No, I think that this one really kind of paints him in a 2019, 20, 2020 way of a lot of the people that we admire uh, today are people who have focused all their energies into one thing and become yeah. masters of it. Like Houdini says, you know, he he shies away less from the magician side and more into someone who has just trained himself. I think that's what separated him from a lot of the magicians in the day yeah. is even though he had the illusion of things, that was still kind of somewhat part of his act. It was really someone who was performing a lot of his stunts were based on incredible feats. Yeah. There were some trickery involved as we saw in the escape trick that he pulled out here. Yeah. Whereas uh spoiler alert wife helps him out with that one. I like literally it was, I don't know how he managed to build tension in this book, but there was tension. I was like, Oh no, she's not going to get there with the key. She got stopped. He's yeah. going to die. Yeah. I'm like, I know this isn't how he died. Yeah. He like gets punched somewhere. <laughs> yeah. and, like, he dies. 
if I remember correctly. That is and, like some people are like uh, they, they're like escape this boom, <laughs> get out of here, punch him, and then they put him underwater. Uh, but I, 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 they he built tension in that moment. I'm like, oh no, he's gonna jump. How is he gonna escape if he doesn't get the key? Right? Like, yeah. it was really interesting that the thing like I have studied every single lock, and so when they showed in the lock, like here's what we're gonna use. He's like, oh, I know that one, and gets the right lock pick for it, and. It's this really interesting way to tell this story. And one of the things I thought was cool and is is essentially all of the stuff in the back of the book. Yeah. Um, as, a, I, of course, as a history teacher, too, that's like that's a great right. mind. Yeah. I didn't read the introduction. Tell, you said you yeah, read the introduction. Yeah, the introduction is nice as well. I think it's a nice it's a solid sets you up like why this figure it, it goes to why this figure is still in our conscience. Right. Um, the in the back, it does this really interesting thing where it talks about it's it's called a handcuff king panel discussions. And so it goes through pages and it says, here's what this has to do with, right? Like, here's how he met his wife. Here's how, uh, why is everybody wearing a hat, right? Because there's that one scene where everybody takes off their hat and on top of their heads, it says, uh, like, Houdini, Houdini, right? Yeah. Houdini? And, and they Dini. Houdini? They Dini. Uh, and so it talks about, like, why is everybody wearing a hat? Uh, how did Houdini learn or, how to pick these Or why rocks? was the college colors even more egregious era when he was like, I'm wearing Harvard Crimson. And then right. like, go, go to hell! This is a Yale town, right? Or whatever yeah. it was. Um, uh, or, <laughs> so funny. Right? Can you imagine ASU, someone shows up with a U of A shirt? Oh, we will literally kill you! <laughs> we are so close to murdering you! We don't have um, much going on in our lives! All our focus is on this! I do like that he he like took off the bathing suit. So he just had like little his like, little. The cop is like no, but serious, seriously, you got to get dressed. Yeah, you it can't, is you can't, the 1920s or something. Yeah, you can't walk around like that, sir. Uh, but I thought that was really interesting in the back, and it talks about like okay, why was there you know um, like there was no microphones? Why was everybody shouting like uh, the anti-Semitism that's in it? Because Houdini, they make this joke about uh, Houdini having horns because he's a Jew, right? And this really all of these little pieces that if I taught history still a short book like this would be a fun way to examine the world. Mm -hmm. Right. This is a good scaffolding. It's like, this is what this person saw. You go through this together and then you give them another book and you say, okay, you do the panel discussions. Yeah. You find pick, it. Pick right? the, pick the historical. Oh, you do it. You do it. Houdini. Houdini. Houdini now. Houdini, Houdini now. <laughs> you not later. You did it now. <laughs> You're going to Dini right now. But I, I, I thought, you know, I really liked the art in this one. I liked the blue wash behind it. Right. Cause yeah. box Brown, it's just straight black and white. Uh, this had some good, like sort of like, you got some texture and some shading because of the the different shades of blue in it. Um, so I, both of them are just just some solid cartooning, man. The interesting, yeah. This this uh, we'll talk a little bit about the art here, but the the art in the Houdini book reminds me of something that you might find in maybe like a more of like a young kid's storybook. Yeah, um, yeah, it's almost YA a little bit. Yeah, you know? like yeah, exactly that that stage between. Like just kids' books and young adult just textbooks. Yeah, you might get uh, textbooks with a few pictures, kind of like these. Um, right. And but I, what's what's fascinating? Both these characters seems to be their understanding of the setup and how right. important the setup is to entertain. Right. And uh, how important it is like the like the show before the show? Yes. And right. You and it it, it is it is as important, if not more important. The trick cannot be pulled off without the hype right right and i i i'm i'm trying and i i, I got a train ride today for like two hours so i'm gonna sit on there and i'm gonna i'm gonna say like i'm gonna try to learn from these guys how can i take the idea of hype and bring it into like my my what we do it all the time as teachers yeah if there's a yeah. big project that we know students are gonna be like uh you hype it right right like you spend a couple of days beforehand you're like now at the end of the week we're gonna start like this this is what you guys are gonna oh uh, I'm, I'm it's gonna be good oh, guys it's gonna oh. be good and then you have a bunch of people in the hallway who take off their hat and it says Mr. Rats <laughs> on their heads but it really is this interesting thing where you get to see Andy Kaufman and Houdini put everything in place before the show right he goes like the posters were up the posters are great he pays those guys to take their hats off right like mm -hmm. 
all of this stuff builds the hype machine because there wasn't social media, right? Yeah. There wasn't, there wasn't this way to build it that way. So he found all of these little like, um, uh, guerrilla media, right? Yeah. Essentially is what it marketing, is. For, yeah. Yeah. Guerrilla marketing for these guys to kind of set all this up. And it was, it was, if no one shows up for him to do the trick, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Right. Cause no one can see him undo the lock. No one can see him underwater. Right. Yeah. Today, if you were to do this, you'd have cameras underwater watching right. him and doing all this stuff. Well, and um, what's his name? David Blaine is, yeah. is like the modern Houdini where he's just like feats mixed with a little bit of illusion. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and you'd have to see all that. But the fact is like, there were so many people there who wouldn't have even seen him jump off the bridge. Or that's all they would have seen. They may have seen him standing up and you might be able to see his head above everybody else. And then it's gone and you hear the splash. Yeah. And that's it. Well, it's like it's like Andy Kaufman would uh, one of the famous things would like he go out and like read from like um, Ulysses or uh, yeah. James Joyce, uh, some James Joyce thing. And for like an hour and the audience would be so upset and they leave and then he leave the stage and then he come back out again. And he started reading, and then they would erupt in laughter. It took an hour to get right. that kind of re- like you're like, are you this guy for real? Is this guy for real? And then he are leaves, you serious? and you're like, yes. And he comes back out, you're like, okay, what the fuck? And then he's like, and chapter fourteen, and you just lose it. You're just like, <laughs> and it's like, like the absurdity of it. Yeah, right? like, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like when you tell a joke for the third, like it wasn't funny the first time. But when you say it the third time, it's funny, right? Like exactly. it's that you come back to it. It's, it's that you're doing it again and it's not funny. The joke isn't funny, but the fact that you're mining it still. Is exactly. Funny, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 uh, that's what was really interesting about both these books is just seeing two performers, how they do the work. Yes. Right. Not so much the performance, but everything leading up to it and everything after it. Yeah was that was the really interesting part. And I think it plays out in both books. You know, that scene where uh, you've got Andy Kaufman doing that stage and he literally box Brown plays through, like I I mentioned earlier, he plays through like the mighty mouse, then the bongos, then the bits and pieces of it. You see it. That's not the really interesting part of the book. It's everything that leads up to that show and everything that leaves it afterwards. And the same thing with Houdini, like everything leading up to the jump, was the was the most interesting part right and yeah that's a good point and you know what's great about the Kaufman book and we don't get it as much in the Houdini book is he Boxbaum plants all those references that become bits so right. when you see the Mighty Mouse thing it makes sense to you because you're like oh yeah he's a staff that's what he used to do he used to watch that the Elvis he used to do Elvis impersonations um, yeah and so you as the audience only get to see this tiny little sliver of what is this man's whole past history. He's using every part of the Buffalo baby, like every, everything he's taking all his passions and turning them into that. You know, I think think that's great. It's like, use what you got. What do I got? Like, like you're using punk rock, right? Right. You're you're literally using an old passion, something that was uh, there to like every part of the Buffalo. How can I, how can I use this thing that I love to create something new. And right, Kaufman and was using all that stuff, uh, his childhood passions, like wrestling and right. Mighty Mouse and all this stuff, and bongos for something new in comedy. Th- right, and that's the thing that I, that I wish I saw. That's the only reason I wish the Houdini book gave me a little more background. But I really did enjoy the idea that, like, no, man, I'm just going to tell you the story of this event, and you're going to learn a bunch about him and the time period, but just this right here. I'm going to tell you, I know this is really short, but I think that would be a hell of a way to do a movie, a Houdini movie. Yep. I you'd, have to do, you'd have to do maybe a little more flashback, right? But you could just tell the story of Houdini and that time period through that one event. And not end it with him getting punched in the stomach and yeah. dying. Not that right. trick, but just the average trick. Right, On an right. average day. In an um, you know Boston, right? In an unavage, in an unrav, in an un, in an unavage life, right? Like an average day, in an average down, in an unavage life. 
Houdini. <laughs> Houdini. Houdini. Jumping off Houdini. Houdini. <laughs> Coming this summer. Um, but I, you know what? I, both of them were fun. Uh, I would definitely like if you want to know about either character. And I say character because neither of these guys do you know who they really were when they were on stage doing their thing, right? Like it was, it's all in an act, right? And that was the really cool thing about it. So if you want to get a little more of what that looks like, I, both of them were, I mean, they're not very expensive. They were both fun reads. I, I thought they were a blast. I oh, really yeah. dug it. Me too. I had a great time. It, it actually scratched an itch. I'm like, man, I want, I want, I want to read more, you know, right. Biographies. Um, I'm definitely going to read that Tetris one for sure. The Tetris one was a ton of fun because it goes into the uh, it goes into the guy who created Tetris and about all of it. That was really interesting. So here's what I want to know, Travis. What do you want to do? Yeah. Do you want to do favorite panels? Do you want to uh, do favorite panels? for Box Brown? Let's do. We were talking about buying pages earlier. Yeah. What page? Yeah. What page would you would you want on your wall? Oh man. Um. There. Where is it at now? Um. There was. There's one that doesn't have anything to do with uh that's the thing like there are some good ones but there's one that doesn't have andy kaufman on it um oh you know what you had mentioned it earlier i want i want the page with his wrestling gear i want the page where it's like his baggy long underwear provided some cover thick shorts gave him extra protection base layer (laughs) of underpants duct tape right because he's popping boners and his wrestling gear was designed to camouflage arousal that that page would just be that is such a fun like it's a goofy page and i think that would be a fun one to have that's really good uh, yeah that's, i'm looking at that right now it's fantastic yeah it's a it's a and great it's so one. classic that costume that's i mean i don't know that yeah. much about andy kaufman but that's how i picture him in that that like pajama style wrestling <laughs> right. costume his wrestling gear yeah uh, and that la- one is good how about you the last uh i i really like i like him there uh that that kind of black wall i like andy Ka- oh we're playing the bongos yeah. yeah i like in in the classic turtleneck with that thing that to me if uh, you know it's just like that's clear kaufman you yeah. know if you start mixing some of the wrestling stuff up in there it's like what what is this thing up but you see like oh my god is this is this this is an andy kaufman comic and i think that's, yeah it's and that's that is pretty cool. I do yeah. like that a lot. That that'd be a good one to have. Uh, I, that one would be fun. There's a there's so many like little bits in here that I think would be um, that would just make a fun little page to have. Right? There's there's nothing. There's so many pages in here that would just be fun to have, uh, regardless of like with whether Andy Kaufman's really in it or not. There are just some fun pages in there. Um, so here's what I want to know, Travis, and you kind of, you kind of, you were talking about it, about buying pages, but here's what I want to know. You're, you get to pick who's your, who do you do a biography comic about? Who do you want a biography comic on? Oh, okay. Um, I'm just going to kind of talk it out. Maybe you could help me out kind of okay. like, in the right. right direction. So it has to be someone who's a little bit, based on what I like about this, Houdini is kind of a big figure, but I like Andy Kaufman because it's a little more niche, niche. And a little uh, obscure. A little like obscure. His... Okay. And uh, other than Man on the Moon, I'm sure there's some other things on it. So it's got to be someone that was an important figure in my life. Maybe not everyone's because uh, so, I want to, these works require a tremendous amount of research so you have to have you have to have a passion for your your subject um do you have one in your head i I have a i have like maybe two okay um and one of them one of them it's really like one of them's it's a comedian and it probably wouldn't work until he's dead uh but steve martin I think would be an interesting oh, choice. Oh my god, that's for so auto, perfect! I that, for an yeah, autobiography, that's so great, man. Steve Martin would be a because he's and and it, he reminds me a lot of Andy Kaufman, right? He's a little zany, his, especially right. his early yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, his early stuff. If I you love go, him. I have I have framed pictures yeah. of Steve Martin if, in my house. If you go listen to old Steve Martin records, like literal records, yeah. It is so funny. He's great. He has our sense of humor. Like, right? It's like dad jokes before dad jokes. Right. Or just like a little weird. Like, like everything's just a little weird. <laughs> Even like uh, he'd take a balloon animal and would riff off it for like 20 minutes. Right. 
I think that would be good. Uh, the other one, I don't know a lot about about him. I'm I'm reading. I've been reading a lot more of his work. Um, I think a Stephen King one would be interesting. I Dude, Stephen King. You're nailing Stephen, these. Of course, right? Stephen King would be amazing. That's so awesome. Right? Yeah, um, it would it. be though. Stephen King would be a great one. Again, it probably yes. not until he's dead. Right, you have to wait till he dies, but. Uh, I guess you not have to do to. it the Houdini way. If you take like right. uh, him writing like, it or him writing no, uh, the, what's the the, the Shining or the, Carrie? No, right? the, the the car one is where he's oh. supposed to be yacked out of his mind. Carrie? Yeah. No. Uh, no. no. Um, not uh, Cujo is one. I think he's supposed to be pretty effed up on. Uh, uh, Christine. Christine. Yeah. Christine. I heard that he doesn't remember writing it. So that's great because he doesn't remember. He goes, I literally do not remember any. I, I don't remember anything about writing that book. Yeah. So I think it would be interesting for someone to then take creative license because and and talk about that period because Stephen can't remember it. So you don't right. have someone being like, that actually didn't happen because we don't know what happened. I think that would be that. Those are my two. Um, that's so good. But I, you know, I think about what about what about a comic I, book I, I, creator? I'm, I'm going to pick a what one about a comic book creator? Yeah, I was thinking that. Here's one I like. You know, Frank McCourt. Yeah, he wrote the book like Teacher Man, and you know, he's uh, Angela's Ashes. Angela's Ashes. That's his yeah. fiction piece, but he wrote a lot of books about his teaching experience. Yeah. Um. Uh, so, just from an educator standpoint, I think it would be I marry your two passions, right? Um, yeah. Education, comic books. Uh, so to take some sort of historic or well-known or eccentric teacher figure. Yeah. Like how great would it be to see like class, just like a bunch of panels of a teacher in a classroom dealing with these vignettes. Um, but I, I think like it would be, it would be no, an interesting. No kudos for that one, huh, Josh? I, I no, I think that's good. I think, <laughs> I think, I think, I think it, I think it would be good. I, I'm trying to think of like, yeah, no, I really do like that. That would be, it'd be an interesting one to see how it how it plays out because i think the fun part about both of these books is like what do you focus on yeah right that idea of like stephen king you focus on one book focus yeah. on the story of him writing one book exactly you know uh steve martin you focus on like his early comic Stand, like his stand-up yeah yeah or yeah, uh, his, i like i like to see because he I've, I've read his biography board standing up his autobiography yeah. and like it's some great parts where he's talking about working at disneyland and yeah. that's how he like learned how to do magic and you know the here's what you don't want a banjo uh no. biography on no. steve martin like the banjo years <laughs> right no i don't want the new banjo years of steve martin i what about what about uh doing one on um oh shoot uh comic book guy uh big beard why can't i think of his name right? alan, moore? Escaping me. alan moore as long as he's not involved in the making of no, it. No, 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 no. <laughs> Again, he's got to die. He's got to be dead. And then you can do the Alan Moore comic. I agree. That would be a good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or just on how about, like he did, Box Brown did Tetris. Why don't we do on 2000 AD? Because they had uh, that that yeah. comic. Because they everybody had that group came, of writers that were out of drugged them. out and British and oh, hard drinkers. Man. That'd be good. The 2000 AD offices. That'd be fun times. I yeah. like that. That's 2020 good. AD. That's what we call it. <laughs> That's good. You'd have to write it and put no. it out this yep. year. I'm going to get to it. Get on it. Or, <laughs> no, I'm oh no. Or, you do, or do you do one on uh, <clears throat> the image boom? When that image would be a great started. one too. The Rebels of Image. Right. Get to see that Life L Gene commercial in. <laughs> That'd be great. Those oh, are, man. Oh, God, man. We just mined some hell of some comic books, dude. These are yeah. great. I'm not publishing this podcast. No. It's too good. No. It's too good. This is, we need to make money off of this one. So right, you man. recommend these. Who do you recommend these to? I recommend them to... I think you could recommend to someone who's not a big comic book person. Yeah. Because if you have some interest in either of these characters, like it's not about the art form. Because neither of them do anything like particularly snazzy with the form of comic books, right? Like mm -hmm. both of them are pretty straight panel to panel stuff. Uh, I think maybe box Brown gets a little more creative with uh, kind of his full page spread sometimes. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, you were talking about that, but both of them are just like straight ahead, sort of like, how do you take a character and, and, and do a an, uh, biography of them? So I think anybody who's interested in either of them or someone who appreciates cartoons, right? right? It's, it's, they're both, 
very good looking books in their own way. For the Andy Kaufman one, you could do like your hipster friends who are into like kind of alt alt comedy, yeah. alt comedy yeah. scene, and because there is some good lessons about like who were like the pioneers in this kind of absurd, right kind of comedy and i think kaufman is in there i think this book does touch on that and if you're a wrestling fan right oh, like if for you've sure. got yeah if you're a wrestling fan seeing this stuff you know if you're if you love jerry the king right like it's like, like 40 it's like 50 percent <clears throat> wrestling honestly even maybe yeah. more than that yeah yeah oh and like jerry the king lawler still announces for wwe he's great I he's still he's it, still he's still announcing how's he look he's looking good still he he doesn't look too aging. bad yeah no, he doesn't look too bad. I mean, like, you know, he's he's a whole well, he was chubby for a long time. He still is. But you know what I mean? Like uh, it it was uh, I think I think both of them are really good. I hand them both off. Neither of them took a really long time to read. Houdini was a really quick read. Yeah. Um, uh, but I enjoyed both of them a lot. Yeah. So for sure. Well, that's it. All that's right, our double feature, yeah. baby. Double double feature. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for tuning into the podcast. Uh, remember you can find all of our old episodes wherever you get your podcasts or you can go to our website www.comicexposure.com also on that website you can click on our merch link and you can get yourself a rad comic exposure t-shirt Ooh, um, I have to get a Houdini a Houdini 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 is it Houdini or Houdini <laughs> no, it's Houdini question mark Houdini period <laughs> Houdini Houdini you did uh but you can grab yourself a uh, a uh, comic exposure t-shirt from the shop uh we would love it it'd be really rad uh and you could give us a lovely rating on the itunes that's how people find the show uh we want to thank you for tuning in and being with us as we talk comic books and i want you all right now do me a favor if you have extra toilet paper Mm-hmm. I want you to pack it up and send it to Travis Ratz, who That's, is living yeah. in a world without toilet paper. Yep. Um, you, don't he's down, to, you don't have to keep in the rolls. You can just kind of no. stuff it in the box. Yeah. I don't mind. He's he's down to wash rags and burlap and it's old socks. Yep. That's what he's down to now. Uh, <laughs> and the, buying, the plum, plumbing is very fragile here, so I can't be right. flushing weird stuff down there. I can't be flushing yeah, like so, tissues and stuff. Yeah, so he's he's like uh, he's he's a lot of washing is going on. There's a lot of like his laundry is a mess. <laughs> Going commando, baby. Uh, so thanks for tuning in, guys. We hope you enjoyed the show.